Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Bowl, Director of Public Affairs, and today I'm joined by B.J. Tanksley, our Director of State Legislative Programs. B.J., welcome to 2021. Yeah, thanks for having me. It seems like it's been a while since we've done one of these, especially uh, kind of face-to-face here in the uh, studio. That's for sure, and it's uh, nice to finally put last year behind us. It was a challenging year in oh so many ways. Yes, no Um, doubt. One of those ways was in the state legislative session. That's what Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about today because uh, the state legislative session for 2021 is beginning this week. And last year, the the best laid plans just sort of fell apart uh, as the COVID thing cranked up and they ended up sort of having to, in, in some ways, kind of scrapped the legislative session for a while there and really threw things off course. Uh, what, can yeah. you fill us in about what happened there and remind us, bring us up to speed of what last year was like? Yeah, it made for a crazy year. Um, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. We met with our state board and we actually were going through session just as normal when we got to mid-March, I believe it was. And I presented to our board um, – early in that week and said, hey, we are on track to be having a really great session. We went into session with a with a long list of things we were working on, and a lot of them were moving along really well. Um, and then later in that week, we had one of our, I think it was maybe the first positive case in the state of Missouri. Um, and that's also when, strangely enough, and not that this was what made the decision, but that's when that NBA case came out. Right. And they actually stopped the basketball game in the middle of a basketball yeah. game. And that was kind of the beginning of the global, like really everybody paying attention, at least nationally, I should say. Mm-hmm. And, and from that point on, we took about a six-week break uh, where there was a couple times they were in for technical sessions and then back out. And then they finished session with about two to three weeks of strong legislative action. We were able to get a few things done. Uh, did some broadband work, some other things. Um, but a lot of those issues that we were working on weren't able to get across the finish line because it was largely just a, a, a an abbreviated. And when they came back, they were largely focused on what do we do about COVID, uh, trying to get the budget passed and things like that. So it was a really strange year. Um, here's to hoping that the 2021 session is, is much different. Like you said, we're recording on a Tuesday afternoon and tomorrow morning or tomorrow at noon, um, the new legislators will be sworn in um, and we will kick off the 2021 session and we're looking forward to as close to normal as we can have. I know everybody's hoping that 2021 is more normal than last year. Um, we know it'll be different, but hopefully we can have a very productive session. Yeah. And do we know what the session is going to look like? You know, are people going to be allowed in the building? Are people going to be allowed in offices or do we even know yet? Yeah. So as you and I were talking earlier during lunch, it's, it's, it's a strange situation because you have to have an open government. That's the way our, our system works. Yeah, it's not the same as Walmart, where they can decide whether or not you're going to wear a mask in their in their office, and yeah. it, whether or not they want to serve you. And you can't you serve everyone. You can't do it all online, or and you can't do it in secret. And the government and the state doesn't want to. They have to abide by those. And I'm not saying that they would want to if they could. Um, so yes, there will be people in the building. I'm sure of that. Mm-hmm. But I do know the legislature is also looking at options to allow for some virtual testimony. The, the 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 scary thing about that is if you allow for virtual testimony, you could have an um, an oversized out of state interest uh, weighing in on Missouri politics issues, mm-hmm. um, and that could that could really change the game. And not that that's all bad or good one way or the other, but it could really change the way things go. So I think they want to keep it as close to normal as possible. Now I don't have every rule memorized, and I haven't seen exactly the way they plan on doing the playbook. But the way I understand it is they're going to try to keep it as close to normal as they possibly can, and I think that'll be the plan. Um, I do know there'll be safety screenings and trying to keep people 
moving in one direction and trying to do things as safely as possible. But I think they're going to try to do things as, as, as normal as possible. One of the things I think we'll probably see, especially early in session, is when the whole legislature doesn't need to be in the building, they'll probably try to let them get home a little earlier, um, do technical sessions rather than having people there when they don't necessarily need to be. Um, for those who those who aren't um, familiar, the first few weeks of a new legislature, they're assigning committee assignments and, and leaderships and chairmanships. And, and so there's a lot of procedural stuff in these first few weeks um, where they're not quite as productive. We're not having it's hearings. It's administrative and logistical stuff. Yeah, you've got to pass the yeah. rules well, of, the, of the game and, well, and those one, kind of one things. One thing to, I guess, take into account here, how, how many new legislators do we have? You know, with the term limit <laughs> thing, we've got a rollover of about a quarter of the, the people every four years. Yeah, approximately a quarter. Years. I think you're looking at about a quarter of the Senate. Um, I haven't done the math this time yet. I haven't done my my, my uh, board report yet. So <laughs> so I don't have all the statistics, but, but about a quarter. Yeah, yeah, you're looking at several brand new state senators, um, several state senators coming from the House. Uh, so they'll have some legislative experience and then a few brand new ones. And then also um, a, a whole host of new uh, state representatives. And so, you know, they've got to get to get settled into their offices, find out what their committee assignments are, and, and then we'll start moving pretty quickly. Uh, but there are some procedural things, you know, and, and so I think we'll work through those and then hopefully find a stride where we're able to still have the same amount of impact that we normally do on the legislative session as far as being able to advocate for our, our members' positions um, in the same way we always have. But I know it, it'll be different. Hopefully we don't have a six-week break no. uh, where we're not able to do things. I know that really Really, um, really put a damper on session. Um, overall, they did what they had to do, but I don't think anybody was really happy with the way the last session ended. Yeah. Um, it was nothing that anybody wanted. Yeah, nobody was, wanted that. Yeah, That's exactly that right. Way. Well, and I guess uh, another related question to that is the capital connection program that we've yeah, been doing the past point. couple of years, uh, which has been, I think, really effective and uh, a big victory for uh, the organization getting people from all the different parts of the state to come to Jeff City mm-hmm. and walk around the Capitol and meet with legislators. I think that's a great thing to do on behalf of Farm Bureau. What's that going to look like yeah. this year? Yeah, so at least to start session, we are going to kind of turn that program on its head. And, and over the next couple of weeks, we will start looking to, to schedule to have those meetings with legislators actually back in the home district to avoid bringing our members to Jeff City and then having them go back home. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to have those visits in district. So if you're from Cape Girardeau County, we may have your state senator and a couple of state reps and visit with them there in a smaller group in a setting that can can be done safely and, and, and then move out rather than having to move people across the state and then back again. I think we're still going to try to have that personal touch and impact, but at least to start session, um, I know the legislature is trying to say, hey, please don't bring big groups to the yeah. Capitol. And some of those Capitol connection groups were getting to 15, 20 people. And, and for the health and safety of our members, as well as other visitors in the Capitol, I think we're going to try to try to do that in a different way. I, I'm I, I'm sad about that because yeah. it has been very good. I, I've loved seeing our members in the Capitol, the interactions that they have with with legislators. Um, but but I'm excited about the fact that we're still going to try to pull that off, that same um, personal impact on our priorities, um, but just do it in a different manner. Um, hopefully, maybe we don't have to do it all year. You know, yeah. it's one of those things we all we're keep just keep an eye on how <laughs> yes. things progress. Yes. Once vaccines really start, you know, taking taking effect of a large chunk of the population. 
yeah. maybe they'll be able to come back yeah. to the Capitol. And who knows what this thing looks like come March or April. Yeah. We're prepared to go throughout the whole session this way, um, but hopefully we're able to be able to get back together. Or maybe we're building towards something in March or April where we can have a group come to the Capitol again. Um, but as of right now, I, I don't think the legislature would really appreciate that. And let's be honest, let's we're, we're looking out for the safety of our members as well. Those are some awfully small offices, especially those House offices that you don't want to pack a, about yeah. 10 people in and, yeah. you know, spend 30 minutes. And to be to be fair, if we do it and every other group does it, oh, well, we're only bringing a few and they're only bringing a few. Well, pretty soon we've got a whole bunch of people in yeah. the Capitol. Yeah, from a lot of different places. Exactly. Um, and they all just are mixing together. Yeah. Um, so some of the things that I know are going to be brought up, uh, assuming things go somewhat according to plan, um, are dealing with some of the things that were on the ballot last year, like uh, the Medicaid expansion mm-hmm. that passed last uh, last year. Um, what do you foresee happening there as far as the implementation goes on that? Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the biggest issues of the entire session. And that's going to be working out, you know, the on the ballot, um, the Missouri Citizens passed Medicaid expansion, expanding the, the, um, the pool of who is eligible for Medicaid. Um, and I think that that's really going to be a, a major issue. You know, one side says that it, it doesn't have a large budgetary impact, and the other side says it's going to have a dramatic budgetary impact. The problem is Missouri has a balanced budget amendment that says we have to have a balanced budget every year. Well, if we don't agree on what that impact is going to be, then how do we even start a budget? So they're going to have to deal with this largely or have some sort of a solution moving towards before we can start working on a budget. And so there's going to be a lot to be done about it. And there's a lot of different options I've read, um, work requirements and other things to make sure that you can keep that impact as low as possible. Um, And let's be clear, we're talking about able-bodied working age um, citizens, not we're not talking about the elderly and we're not right. talking about children here when I, when you talk about work requirements. But there's a lot of different options out there. Um, it's not something that we've worked on on a daily basis, so I'm not um, you know personally familiar with all of them. But I do think that's going to take a lot of the focus of the session. Yeah. You know, when you Especially look, with the pandemic yeah. you know, combined with that, it's a critical issue at a critical time. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things we've seen, even through some of the special sessions that went over during the summertime, is the legislature proved they can work on an individual individual issue and get that issue done. And, and, I, and I think if we get to a point where we're not able to have session as normal, this is one of those issues that they will have to tackle before we get out of this session. Yeah. Well, and one other thing that was on the ballot last year, which I want to give a, a quick plug to, is the Amendment 3 battle, which yeah. you and I spent a lot of our year last year um, trying to promote the Yes on 3 campaign. Um, we just saw a couple of days ago that St. Louis Public Radio, which is very active in Missouri politics and uh, has a has dedicated reporters to these issues, mm-hmm. um, came out with their 2020 year in review, and they listed uh, the top five political moments of 2020, and the Amendment 3 victory was listed as the number five political moment in Missouri yeah. in 2020. Yeah, pretty exciting. You know, um, I was actually in the car driving home from a Christmas trip, and uh, my wife said, hey, look at this, top five stories of the year. And uh, everybody's head in the gr- everybody's head in the car grew just a couple sizes because we were all pretty <laughs> proud of the work we put in. The truth is we're, we, we appreciate the citizens out there, but, but we did work hard on that, and it's good to see that uh, getting a little bit of recognition for that, I know. And not to uh, mention, they did specifically point out the Missouri Farm Bureau was the main organization 
organization pulling in favor of it, and the, it was a big victory for the organization. Well, that's good. That be- was nice to hear. <laughs> it was, because uh, whether everybody realizes it or not, we kind of shut down shop here uh, for the better part of a month and said this is what we're focused on. Mm-hmm. So we were really happy with that and appreciate the citizens agreeing with us. I do think it's going to have a big impact for a long time in the state of Missouri. And it's also great. Let's be frank about it to say out-of-state interest came in here and said they wanted to change the way Missouri politics are. And if they want to do that, let's do it through the ballot box voting for candidates and and not by changing the drawing to districts. And I think this is going to have a lasting impact for a long time. Yeah. And of course, that is why we bring that up yep. is that the drawing of districts is part of what the session is going to be yeah. involving. And you know we're going to have to redraw the districts, but it, it may not begin for a little while because the census has to be completed on the national level and the numbers delivered to the president in order to start the clock as far as uh, the legislative redistricting. So I don't know exactly when the time's going to start on that, but it will be sometime this spring. Yeah, you will start to see those commissions come together of who's going to work on the new maps and start to see some of that happening before too long um, because it all has to be in place for the 2022 election cycle. So people have to know what districts they're in and where they're running. Um, And sometimes things get a little weird there if your district moves or your number does. Um, But I do think you'll start to see that activity start before too long where we'll see the redistricting process start. Yeah. Another issue that is, um, been has been talked about quite a bit is uh, trying to get some sort of liability protection for businesses during the uh, pandemic, yeah. uh, liability protection so that a business can't be sued because someone got COVID and claims that they got it while at their business or something of that nature. Uh, where do you th- see that going? Yeah, I think this will be one of the major issues of the of the session again, uh, right up there with the other with uh, with Medicaid expansion and a couple of other issues. But I think this will be one of the things you hear talked about quite a bit. And, and this is, you know, this is actually an issue that Governor Parson brought up during the special sessions. Uh, I can't remember if it was in November. I think that was the November special session where he actually brought that and said, hey, can we deal with this now? And there was enough questions that came up that they actually didn't finish the issue um, in that special. But I do think um, this is something you'll you'll see them want to tackle pretty quickly. And, and this is the idea, and the, at least my understanding of it is if a business is doing all that they can to protect people inside of a global pandemic that we're not exactly sure how it's passed every time. We don't know where every contact comes from, um, although they still happen, you know, um, and, and trying to protect those from a liability that they may already be doing all they can to protect customers and their and their employees. Um, and, but anytime you're talking about a liability issue, you know this from your legal background. Anytime you start talking about a liability issue, there becomes two sides. Mm-hmm. And where do you draw that line becomes a little bit more difficult. Missouri Farm Bureau actually has um, tenant, we have policy about liability reform and, and, and we would be in line with trying to um, put some protections in place for businesses that are doing all they can. We don't think that, the, that we should be in a sue-happy society where if you're doing all you can, um, that you should be, you know, held liable for something that may have been outside of your control. And, and that's an important caveat. Yeah. It's not saying, hey, you don't have to care about your employees. It's yeah. do the things that you can do. And then if uh, something happens, you aren't going to get sued for it. Yeah. You know, that's one of my favorite things to say. Uh, people always ask legal questions of former attorneys like myself. And, yeah. Well, uh, that's what you're here for. You're our, right. le- you're our free legal advice. Free legal counsel for yeah. the, uh, the, the person with the inactive legal license. But <laughs> I still I paid the dues yesterday. So there you I'm, go. I'm inactive for one more year. But uh, they, they people always ask me, can I get sued if I do this? And my answer is always, well, yeah, you can get sued. The question is, are they going to win? It doesn't mean they're going to be successful. Now, that that's why this stuff can be so valuable, though, is um, you can actually change that answer to where – 
you really don't have the ability to sue someone and even force them to pay all the money to defend themselves and, and prove that they uh, were not liable yeah. and, and prove the causation. Because that's what's so hard about this is proving, like you said, proving that you caught it at my restaurant or whatever. Uh, yeah, they may not be able to prove it, but that still means I, as the restaurant owner, may have to spend $10,000 defending myself to prove it. And, and this could help, help save those things. And that's that's exactly right. And that's one of the things we don't often talk about when you talk about liability and reforms is the amount that's charged, whether or not they are successful in yeah. any suits. Cost of defense. <clears throat> it yeah. costs a lot of money to the businesses across the state. And let's be honest, in some agriculture-related businesses, whether those are retailers or, or salespeople, um, agricultural people are business people too. So those protections will extend to us as well. So we're, we're, we're interested in that. And that's why Farm Bureau is interested in it is trying to make sure that we live in a state that is also open for business and isn't turning away things. And this is going to be a conversation at the national levels, my understanding as well, is this yeah. is a topic that's also hot at, at the national level. Yeah, that's certainly true. Well, uh, other issues that um, are going to be on the plate in this legislative session here in Jeff City, uh, what are you going to be working on for Missouri Farm Bureau members as we're going through beginning this session? Yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm, I haven't been on the podcast in a while, but I'm sure you've covered it well. The Missouri Farm Bureau had an abbreviated and a, and a, a once, uh, hopefully once in all of our lifetime um, annual meeting of sorts where we were able to have a successful presidential election, but we weren't able to have that full in-person um, debate of resolutions and the full fulfillment of our normal resolutions process. Because of that, we're actually in the process of looking at how do we I, I, I get into too many resolves here, but how do we resolve the resolutions process mm -hmm. as quickly as possible and finish that up? Because every year we work on behalf of the issues that our members have adopted. Now, at our annual meeting, we had a brief list of issues that we did consider, but we didn't finish the entire book. Mm -hmm. So until that like point... like the, the most hot button things that yeah. just kind of had to be... Uh, decided right then. Yeah. And they were issues that were mainly hot at the national level and wanted to be able to have positions on should we not get back to the book. Um, but we're looking to finish that whole 100 plus page book um, here pretty soon so that we can have our entire um, floor or game plan laid out in front of us so that when a legislator comes to me and says, hey, what does Farm Bureau think about this issue? I can know that not based on 2019's policy or 2020's policy, but in 2021, Missouri Farm Bureau members agreed to this. Yeah. And so that's a big step in it. Saying that, going forward, Missouri Farm Bureau is going to be talking about kind of the fundamental things that we talk about quite a bit. And those are things like infrastructure, um, property rights, regulatory reform, and supporting a strong Missouri Department of Agriculture. I know those are broad brush issues, but these are things that are kind of fundamental to Farm Bureau, mm -hmm. and I don't see them changing through that resolutions process. Now, our members might surprise us on some of the details, but those are things that are always going to be core to us, whether it's broadband or strong roads and bridges, our members always want Farm Bureau to be a part of those debates and issues when they come up. We know that we want to see more people have high-speed connections across the state of Missouri, and we want to see a, you know better roads and bridges so that we're all safe across the state. So those are those things probably aren't going to change. Yeah. There may be some details that change about them, but the the general issue that we're going to be involved in those conversations isn't going to change. Same thing with property rights. You know that's always been core to Missouri Farm Bureau, whether we're talking about the use of eminent domain, whether we're talking about easements, 
protecting people's property rights is always going to be important to Farm Bureau. And so we'll still be talking about that. There may be new issues that pop up. There may be us talking about some old issues. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if we weren't talking about the use of eminent domain for merchant transmission lines. I think that's an issue that we still haven't resolved and we'll probably still continue to talk about. So I think that's that's going to be a large part of our conversation. The others I mentioned were um, regulatory reform, whether it's at the state level looking for places where we can make changes to open up the world to more agriculture and more business while still doing it in a safe direction. And also at the federal level, that'll probably be a big part. And then lastly, I mentioned supporting a strong Department of Agriculture. A lot of people don't understand the, the, the role that the Department of Agriculture plays in promoting and making sure that we have a safe, reliable food so- source across the state. And we will be supporting um, issues to make sure that they continue to have the financial support that they need and that they're able to continue to move forward. You know, there's a couple issues we've been working on there with them throughout the years. And I think we'll see that come to a head and looking at business development and looking at regulations and making sure that the Department of Agriculture continues to have the support that they need to have. So I I think that's kind of broad strokes. Yeah. Well, um, those are things that... Yeah. Our grandparents, when they were members yeah. of Farm Bureau, they were talking about these things. That's exactly right. Our grandchildren right. will still be talking yeah. about these things at Farm Bureau. But it's, a, it's an important role, and, yeah. and we'll continue to be that. Um, you know, I, that's one of the fun things about working in this, and I know you you totally agree, is we talk about the ag stuff, whether it's agritourism or dairy policy or other things. But we also get to talk about things like broadband and transportation, which are good for all of rural Missouri. Um, and both of us coming from rural areas of the state, it's important that we continue to make sure those rural areas of the state continue to thrive. Um, I think it's, I've heard it said, you know, when rural Missouri is doing well, all of Missouri is doing well. And, and I think that's, those are the kinds of issues we'll continue to work on. I do think we'll see a resolution to that policy development process here pretty soon. Um, and we'll have some more specifics behind those policies. But I wouldn't be surprised if that pretty much covers a lot of what we're going to be talking about. Obviously, those are pretty broad strokes. Yeah, definitely so. Good deal. Well, I know you've got a lot to prepare for with the session starting, so we'll wrap up. But yeah. before we do that, Uh-oh. I do have to ask a question of you because we're doing this these days. Thanks to Spencer. I blame her. <laughs> but um, I blame her for a lot of things. Well, so. of course, that's that's her job is to take that blame. But um, one thing I've been wondering is what is the best Christmas present that you received this year? Oh, Wow. That's a good and, one. And I'll give you a second to think. I'll, I'll go ahead and answer it myself. Yeah, what was your My, best gift? So this is, I think, a function of me getting old because mm-hmm. um, as of six days before Christmas, I, I'm now over the hill. Oh, I am, no. I'm now 40, so I'm in my 40s. I'm a middle-aged man now, as Garrett likes to say. Um, <laughs> but my favorite thing I got was the a, a whole bunch of nice clothes for work that yes. my wife got me. Yes, she did, She's dressing me. You know, She did a nice job of picking out a, a lot of really good stuff. So as strange I really as, enjoy that. As strange as it may sound, it is nice to have some new work clothes. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, what, a, what an old man thing to say. But I actually was pretty excited <laughs> We're about it. Both showing our age there a little bit. Um, the truth is, because I have lots of outdoor hobbies, I did get a few toys that would rank up there pretty high. I got a, a toy for fishing um, that I'm really looking forward to, and one for hunting that I am. But my best gift was um, my parents for the last couple of years have taken us on a, on a vacation, and we were able to go. Um, we were able to go skiing, and, and oh. we we went with them, and my kids were able to ski. Last year they tried snowboarding. This year they skied, and, and it was just just a blast to be able to spend a couple days away um, and get to see the smiles on everybody's faces. There's a few pictures of us all laughing pretty hard. And 
You don't get those times as much. And they're at a great age for that. Oh my gosh, six and nine. um, We we were driving home and saying that was about the perfect age. They're strong enough to do it and not strong enough to think that they'd rather be playing on a phone or something like that. So it was a lot of fun. Enjoy those years. I know the those latter years are coming up for me pretty fast. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So that was probably the best. Was was getting to have that time. But I I have to admit, although I'm not quite as old as you, um, I did get a few toys that if I was a if I was not to be honest, those were some of my favorites too. Well, good. You're never too old to get a toy. Exactly. And and I bought some toys for myself. I bought a shop back. There and, you go. Oh, man, I'm excited about that. So, there you go. I go to yeah, Bed Bath & Beyond this weekend. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if we'll have enough time. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you again for joining us and look forward to seeing what plays out as this legislative session progresses. Yeah, you know, this was the last day I get to wear jeans for a while as we'll be suiting <laughs> up to head to the Capitol. But, but I am excited about the 2021 session. For those of you members out there listening, um, be on the lookout. We'll be visiting with our regional coordinators and setting up those local um, capital connection visits where we get to connect you with your legislators to advocate and have that personal impact on our policies because that was a big role in our successes of the past few years and we could look to continue that again. So we're really excited about a new session. I know everybody's excited about 2021. uh, So please be on the lookout for those and join us when you get the chance. All right. Very good. Thanks, BJ. Thanks a lot. 